Are your wiper blades chattering, skipping, or squeaking? Don't let streaks or smearing on your windshield compromise your visibility. When it's time to replace your wiper blades, stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts and see our selection. Our professional parts people will even install your new wiper blades while you wait. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. The secret to catching prize-worthy fish? Fishing like a local. Jonas Knox here with Fishing Booker. The valuable knowledge of a local guide can turn a fishing trip of no bites into the best catch of the day. Go to fishingbooker.com to discover thousands of local fishing charters from all around the world and create your perfect angling adventure with their easy-to-use online booking system. Visit fishingbooker.com and book your trip today. Fishing Booker. Fishing trips made easy. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. Winter is coming. Heavy rain, sleet, snow, and ice. Are your tires up for the challenge? Tread confidently in winter's worst with a set of new tires from Tire Rack. They sell only the best, like the full line of Yokohama tires. Go to TireRack.com sports. Tell them what you drive. Your tires will ship fast and free to you or one of over 10,000 recommended installers. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Thanks for listening to the best of Outkick the Coverage podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning from 6 to 9 a.m. Eastern, 3 to 6 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for Outkick the Coverage at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every morning on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. This is the best of Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis on Fox Sports Radio. We open with what I thought was an incredibly well-done memorial for Kobe Bryant in Staples Center on a 224 uh, to allow Laker fans, uh, residents of the city of Los Angeles and many places around the world, I would imagine, to all come together in a communal grief and uh, say goodbye to Kobe Bryant roughly a month after the, uh, the uh, awful tragedy of his helicopter crash. And I want to uh, play some of the audio clips from this because I'm sure that a lot of you were not able or haven't heard uh, some of the speakers, whether it was Jimmy Kimmel, Vanessa Bryant, uh, Kobe, uh, Kobe Bryant's teammate Shaquille O'Neal, or Michael Jordan, uh, who was phenomenal as well. Many great speakers and incredible stories and statements. Uh, all delivered to what I believe was a crowd of 33,000-plus in the Staples Center. And Jimmy Kimmel, who was on ABC Late Night, uh, began the, uh, the, uh, the, the, the speech uh, and the, uh, the eulogy and the memorial service for Kobe Bryant uh, with these comments. Everywhere you go, you see his face, his number, Gigi's face, Gigi's number. Everywhere, at every intersection, There are hundreds of murals painted by artists who were inspired, not because he is a basketball player, but because Kobe was an artist too. 
and not just in LA, uh, across the country in Kobe's hometown, Philadelphia, in Italy, in India, the Philippines, China, New York, Phoenix, Boston, for God's sake. <laughs> in places where he would be booed on the court, Kobe is missed. So Jimmy Kimmel began uh, the comments, and uh, after that, Vanessa Bryant took the stage and delivered an incredible uh, memorial to her husband. I'd like to thank everyone for coming today. The outpouring of love and support that my family has felt from around the world has been so uplifting. She was daddy's girl, but I know she loved her mama, and she would always tell me and show me how much she loved me. She was one of my very best friends. Gigi was confident, but not in an arrogant way. She loved helping and teaching other people things. At school, she offered the boys basketball coaches to help give the boys basketball team some pointers. <laughs> like the triangle offense. Kobe was the MVP of Girl Dads, or MVD. He never left the toilet seat up. He always told the girls how beautiful and smart they are. He taught them how to be brave and how to keep pushing forward when things get tough. Uh, and then we also had uh, two uh, very legendary basketball players, Shaq, who was a teammate of Kobe Bryant and Michael Jordan, who obviously, in my opinion, is the greatest basketball player of all time. Let's go with Shaq first, who had one of the lines of the day when he said uh, he confronted Kobe about taking too many shots. The day Kobe gave my respect was the guys were complaining. I said, Shaq, Kobe's not passing the ball. I said, I'll talk to him. I said, Kobe, there's no I in team. And Kobe said, I know, but there's an in me in that m <laughs> So I went back. So I went back and told Rick and, uh, and Big Shot Bob, I said, just get the rebound. He's not passing. That's an incredible story from Shaquille O'Neal that will uh, become, if it hasn't already, uh, iconic in the way to describe Kobe Bryant, but also in the way just to describe uh, a, a, a diehard killer basketball personality in general. Um, because you hear that phrase so much, there's no I in team, and a lot of times people wonder, well, what's the response to that cliche? Well, Kobe just gave him one. Uh, and then Michael Jordan got up and talked as well, and he was fantastic. This is what he had to say. When Kobe Bryant died, a piece of me died. And as I look in this arena and across the globe, a piece of you died, or else you wouldn't be here. Those are the memories that we have to live with and we learn from. I promise you, from this day forward, I will live with the memories of knowing that I had a little brother that I tried to help in every way I could. Now he's got me. I'll have to look at another crime meme for the next.
I told my wife I wasn't going to do this because I didn't want to see that for the next three or four years. <laughs> that is what Kobe Bryant does to me. I'm pretty sure Vanessa and his friends all can say the same thing. He knows how to get to you in a way that affects you personally, even though if he's being a pain in the ass. But it sh he always, you ever have a sense of love for him and the way that he can bring out the best in you. Uh, that was Michael Jordan. So those were uh, just some of the clips of the memorial service today. For those of you out there who may be a little bit older, you're not active on social media, uh, Jordan was refer referring to the uh, crying Jordan meme, which I think has, has, has now begun its decline. Uh, but for about what three or four years at least, that was uh, the number one response on the internet uh, anytime someone lost was they would take Michael Jordan's face from when he was crying at his uh, retirement induction and put it on the face of anybody who was uh, upset and had recently been defeated in the world of uh, sports. I think that died. I don't think it's going to circle back around for this one because it's appropriate to cry uh, at a memorial service, but, uh, but that in and of itself uh, is, I, I think, indicative of... Jordan's relative relative anonymity very often even though he's an owner of the uh, of the, the the Charlotte NBA franchise the Bobcats and even though he occasionally makes comments he tends to uh, to stay outside of the limelight for instance he didn't have a major role at the all-star game in Chicago even though he could have and maybe should have been the focal point of pretty much everything that was going on in Chicago given his connection with the Bulls and with the All-Star game over the years in the NBA. But he seems fairly comfortable with the idea of not being the center of attention anymore and uh, and is very circumspect in terms of the amount of comments that he makes. But I thought this was a uh, very appropriate and well-done goodbye to Kobe for the city of Los Angeles. We have, obviously, uh, a big part of this show is based in Los Angeles so I'll bring you in, Danny G, as a, a big Laker fan and a Kobe guy. Uh, what did you think of the memorial service? Really, really well done. Um, I think there were not dry eyes anywhere. It was hard to watch at first, but then as I settled in, I started to get a good feeling. I think Doc Rivers, I read some comments he said, afterwards yesterday where he said he feels like it was a turning point for the city to where especially LA to where worldwide now we can kind of celebrate Kobe rather than mourn because the whole city here especially has been heartbroken for a full month and what's crazy is about 30 minutes prior to the memorial beginning I went down the street to a Ralph's grocery store here in L.A. because I wanted to get lunch because I figured that the celebration of life was going to last for a while with all the speeches. So I wanted to get lunch and kind of settle in at home to watch it. All the employees inside the grocery store were wearing some sort of Laker gear and they had a TV hooked up on a rolling cart near the cash registers. Wow. I've never seen anything like that in my life. The rolling cart. Didn't we talk about yeah. this on a show? If you're of a certain age and you listen to this show, rolling cart day <laughs> at school was a big day because the TV would get rolled in and you'd get to watch a movie or you'd get to watch sometimes uh, live television. I remember back in the day, as we get closer to the NCAA tournament, there was always a teacher 
uh, if you were in elementary school or uh, middle school or high school that was a huge sports fan that would roll in the television a lot of times and uh, and put it on for NCAA tournament games uh, which were starting around noon eastern so you could keep tabs on them while you were at school by the way god bless that teacher uh, nowadays uh, I would imagine most stuff gets streamed and the teachers can even pretend uh, that they're actually just working while they're sitting there with the streaming on <laughs> cbssports.com. But back in the day, you had to make it apparent, roll in the television yep. uh, in order to be able to watch. Well, and I remember at my elementary school, kids would fight over who got to go to the audio-visual room yes. to get the cart and push it That's in right. to the classroom. So that was in the grocery store. Everything stopped here in the city of L.A. It, it really felt like it should have been a holiday yesterday. And I hope February 24th always stays as Kobe Day in L.A. and league-wide around the country and the world in the NBA. Uh, Michael Jordan, that speech is the one I'll take away from this the most. When I think back to this, he was clutch with that speech. He had the right touch of humor, dignity, a few tears. It was right up there for me with anything I saw him do on the court. And, of course, I think back to his Hall of Fame speech where he really went at his adversaries and the ones he still had a, a grudge, players he still kind of was beefing with. And we were like, wow, man, this dude is extra. When I think of him speaking publicly, that's the only really thing I have to go on. I wasn't expecting that, you know, and, and so I think I'll, I'll think about that a couple of years from now when we talk about that celebration of life yesterday. What about you, Roberto? You're a big Laker fan. You're an L.A. guy. What did you think of the memorial service for Kobe? Uh, it was awesome, man. It was amazing. Uh, for me, as being a father, I'd say Gino Ariema's speech and Jordan were a tie for me. The way he talked about Gino Ariema, talked about Kobe, how he was as a father. Like, he made sure to separate himself from, you know, I'm Kobe Bryant here. And the way he just talked about Kobe as a father was awesome. I, it, it was great. And Jordan was, was, was awesome clutch. And I was surprised that how, I, I didn't know how close uh, Jordan and Kobe Bryant were. I was surprised by that. Yeah, I don't think anybody knew, uh, really, in the grand scheme of things, how close Kobe and Jordan were. And we've kind of seen that there's a bit of awkwardness, it seems, between Jordan and LeBron. And I don't pretend to understand exactly why that was. But Jordan, by and large, is not as public of a figure as he was. And that's despite the fact that he owns the Charlotte Bobcats and he theoretically is a, uh, a big part of the NBA lore and legend. But it seems like he's fine being outside of the mainstream. And uh, I thought that was why it was so significant that he showed up and delivered such a very impressive uh, statement in uh, the Kobe Bryant Memorial. And there, look, there's a cliche, but I think sometimes cliches exist because they're true. Memorials and funeral services and eulogies, eulogies actually end up telling us far more about the living than they do about the dead. And uh, that's something that I heard and I found it to be true as I age and go to more of these events. Um, oftentimes, the people who speak about you, yes, they tell you about uh, about the person who is deceased, but they also tell us as much or more about the living as well in terms of how they come to pay respects to uh, to those who have deceased. So uh, I know a lot of OutKick listeners are probably in that uh, memorial. I know certainly based on our reach in the city of Los Angeles that it brought uh, that city very much to a screeching halt in many ways as the uh, L.A. and California-based sports community and the world at large uh, paid uh, their final respects to Kobe Bryant. I thought Shaq, Vanessa, and uh, Michael Jordan, as well as Jimmy Kimmel, all did a really good job in what is a very difficult environment and difficult situation. 
This is Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. And you know O'Reilly Auto Parts, you know, o o o O'Reilly, who are in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offer friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield wipers replaced a brake light fix or a quick service they'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice you'll find the employees at o'reilly auto parts are knowledgeable helpful and best of all friendly and by the way i was just at o'reilly not that long ago within the last month and guess what needed some help with the alternator had some questions with the batteries they helped me right away and did it right there in the parking lot the professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts are your one-stop shop for all things auto, do-it-yourself, and you can find what you need in-store or online. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit them at O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. All right, game off. we got to pause here to talk more about Monopoly Go. I know what you're saying. Flag on the play. You already talked about that, but there's just so much good stuff in this game. In Monopoly Go, you can team up with friends for time tournaments where you work together to build up each other's boards. The more you win together, the more awesome prizes you unlock. And there's so much to get. Unique stickers you can trade with friends to complete albums for big prizes. Cool new playing pieces to travel the boards with. Hilarious emojis for taunting friends when you smash their buildings or heist their vaults. Plus, Monopoly Go feels new and exciting every day with constantly changing tournaments and challenges. A ton include their new unique mini-games like Digging for Treasure or a Robot Pachinko Machine. And there's always new timed events that help you win big like massive multipliers for everything you win or rent frenzies. There's always something fun to discover in Monopoly Go, so get off the bench and go download it now free on Google Play or the App Store. Game on! What's the secret to catching prize-worthy fish in exotic waters? Learning to fish like a local with Fishing Booker. Hey, Jonas Knox here with Fishing Booker. There's only one way to turn a fishing trip of no bites into the best catch of the day, and that's with the valuable knowledge of a local guide. With FishingBooker.com, you have the world's largest booking platform of local fishing guides right at your fingertips. Use Fishing Booker's easy-to-use online booking system and discover thousands of local fishing charters from around the world ready to share their tricks of the trade. Create your perfect fishing experience and search for charters by location, species, salt versus freshwater, and more. Plus, it's smooth sailing with Fishing Booker's simple online payment method. You'll always fish with confidence when you start fishing like a local. Start your angling adventure now with Fishing Booker. Visit FishingBooker.com and book your trip today. Fishing Booker. Fishing trips made easy. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. You've put it off long enough. It's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort. Performance tires for sporty handling. All-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of general tires. Shipped fast and free to a recommended installer. 
installer near you or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation. They'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site. It doesn't get much easier than that. Go to TireRack.com sports to see their general tires test results, tire ratings, and consumer reviews. And be sure to check out all the current special offers. Great tires and a great deal. What more could you ask for? That's TireRack.com sports. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. So we talked a lot about the Tyson Fury-Deontay Wilder fight yesterday. And I thought it was fantastic. Took me back to the 80s and the 90s when we had major heavyweight fights going on in the United States. They tied it all together well with Mike Tyson, Evander Holyfield, Lennox Lewis, all in the ring early before that fight, trying to create a lineage there of heavyweight fights are back. And I paid $80. I know we had an interesting, and and, and I do believe this is a big debate. And, and, And I think we can get into this a little bit. What do you do about the stealing of shows in a streaming era? I'm not saying that my Twitter polls are ever 100% accurate. By the way, you can always go vote in them wherever you are across the country. Uh, at Clay Travis, you can go out there and grab it. But I thought that uh, that the final results here were pretty intriguing. 27,000 of you voted in this poll. And I said, if you watch the Wilder Fury boxing match, how did you watch? 40% of you said legal pay-per-view. 60% of you said illegal streaming. And if you are losing over half of your revenue from pay-per-view, do you have to figure out a way to get big-time boxing like this back on either cable television or back on broadcast television and make it quote-unquote free, in quotation marks, is there a way to make that happen from a financial perspective? I don't know the answer. I'd love to get a television expert on to talk about how, if at all, you could monetize a big-time fight like this and take it out of the arena of pay-per-view. Because I do think, and this is just an argument on my behalf, you may not agree, I do think that one of the big problems boxing has had is it's hard to create a new generation of fans when it's not accessible to everybody. By which I mean, if you want to watch big-time boxing matches, you got to have access to $80 pay-per-views. And maybe the streaming is actually a net positive because the people out there who may not be able to afford $80 pay-per-view costs maybe it's fine to allow them to stream because you're creating a new generation of fan because my guess would be, could be wrong on this, but my guess would be that the people who are streaming are the younger, more tech-savvy generation. My dad wouldn't know how to go out if he wanted to watch a boxing match and illegally stream a show. He's 74 years old. He doesn't, 75 years old. He doesn't have an email address. He's not going to be trying to find a pirated stream on the internet. He doesn't have the internet on his phone. Uh, He's still got a flip phone, right? I think there's a lot of people out there that have dads, or maybe you're listening to me right now, and you're like, yeah, you know what, Clay? Well, I wouldn't have any idea how to do it. If you're 25 and you're listening to me right now, there's a 100 billion percent chance you know how to do it. Hell, my 12-year-old, who's my oldest kid now, he can find anything when it comes to Reddit streams and everything else. Uh, if he wants to watch something, he finds it. I don't even know how he does it. 
don't know about you guys, but I watch my kids whirl around playing Madden, for instance, or NBA 2K or uh, FIFA, and I've got no idea. I mean, I grew up playing video games, and I've got no idea what they're able to do on a uh, on a day by day basis on all those sports video games. To say nothing of Minecraft and everything else that they play. Uh, but anyway, that's another story. The story that I wanted to get to was the reports are that Deontay Wilder has uh, is going to, if he has formally or not, I'm not sure. He has 25 days after the match to decide to re-up and say, yes, I want a rematch. Both Tyson Fury and Deontay Wilder both had that uh, opportunity. And as a part of uh, as a part of that process, Deontay Wilder also talked to the media in a larger context. Now, I will watch Tyson Fury uh, versus Deontay Wilder three, Fury Wilder three, which is supposedly going to happen in the summer, and according to the contract, has to happen by July 18th. Now, my pitch out there for everybody was, and I said this on Lock It In yesterday. How about doing Wilder Fury 3 on like July 4th, that Saturday night late? You want to have some fun fireworks? I doubt they'll do it because it's a holiday, but I think that would be a really cool way to cap off July 4th when it's relatively quiet in terms of major sporting events that are going on. Boom, give us an outstanding big-time fight. Now, there's also talk that uh, that Fury's camp is saying, hey, if he wants to push it back further and he wants to have the fight in the fall instead of the summer, uh, you know, in September or October, we're open to talking about that. So there's still a lot of negotiation to go on. I tend to think, and this is just me, but I've got a pretty good sense on the American sporting calendar, they should have this fight sometime in the summer before we actually get into football season. I don't know about you guys, but I think a big reason why Fury Wilder got a lot of attention right now is because we're sort of in the dead zone of sports and people are looking for something fun out there to be taking place. Uh, This summer, we've got the Olympics that are going on in Japan starting, I think, around the 19th or so. So I think Fury Wilder, you either have that fight before we actually get to the Olympics, because once the Olympics are going on, you don't want to compete with them, or you have it before college football and the NFL kick off. Because I'm going to be honest with you, I will probably choose college football and the NFL over anything that has to do with Wilder Fury. But if you want big media attention, you put it in early uh, to mid-July before the Super Bowl goes on. Sorry, before the Olympics go on, uh, the Summer Olympics in Japan. I think you get a ton of attention because there's not much going on and there are a lot of people who are ready for a big event. So if they were asking me, I would do it in July before the Olympics. Go ahead and put that fight on. I think I would pay a lot of attention. I know on this television program that I do with Lock It In, we would talk a lot about it. I know on this radio program because it's unlikely that there's other major events going on. But I still believe if you look at the fight, 17 out of the 18 rounds that these two guys have fought, Tyson Fury has been the superior boxer. And I don't have a lot of faith in Deontay Wilder being able to come back as an older man who just took a huge beating several months later and reversed the outcome of that fight. I especially don't buy this, which I think is 
one of the worst excuses I have ever heard in the history of sports. And again, we have an open phone line to allow you to come up with some of the worst excuses you've ever heard in uh, the, 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 uh, the, 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 the history of sports. But here's a direct quote from Deontay Wilder. There were a lot of things that went wrong leading up to the fight. In the last minutes before the fight, but I accept full responsibility. I paid a severe price because my legs were how they were because of my uniform. My uniform was way too heavy. It was 40 plus pounds. We had it on 10 or 15 minutes before we even walked out and then put the helmet on. That was extra weight. Then the ring walk, then going up the stairs. It was like a real workout for my legs. When I took it off, I knew immediately that game had changed. He said, the all-black costume, which also lit up, was designed as a tribute for Black History Month. I really let the designers freelance with it. It was really their idea. By the third round, I had no legs. I was completely done. My legs were gone. I had to step into survival mode very early. But you know me. I'm going out on my shield. I'm a fighter. I'm a warrior. That's what I do. That's Deontay Wilder. This is one of the dumbest excuses in the history of sports. And also, if it's actually true, it's one of the dumbest things I've ever heard from a boxer in the history of the sport. Now, let me take a step back. If you were watching this, uh, this boxing match, Tyson Fury was incredibly chill as the moments for this fight were ticking down. He was watching the undercard. He was hanging out with his buddies. He was making jokes. Deontay Wilder looked incredibly stressed. And in fact, Lennox Lewis actually referenced this because Deontay Wilder was in his dressing room just pacing. And Lennox Lewis said, he was asked, he said, was that the way you would get ready for a boxing match? And he said, no. He said, no, because I was of the belief that I was going to potentially go 12 rounds. So I didn't want to burn any energy in the moments before the boxing match. I was off my feet, I was relaxing, I was getting ready, trying to conserve energy for a big fight like this. Wilder looked incredibly uncomfortable. But in a big event like this, where there are tens of millions of dollars at stake, how do you not try on the outfit that you're going to wear and replicate almost identically what you are going to do as you prepare to walk into the ring. Maybe I over-prepare. Maybe I think about things too much like this, but I want to do a dry run before the actual boxing match where I know exactly where I'm going to stand, where I know exactly what to expect, and if I'm going to have to walk for that distance to the ring and I'm going to have to wear this huge mask as a tribute for anything, I want to know what that's going to feel like. Now, frankly, I believe you weren't in very good shape in the first place if wearing a 40-pound mask and outfit down to the ring was so impactful to you that it led to you not having your legs. You need to be able to be in better shape than that. I know there are a lot of dads and moms out there, and I'm one of them, that have carried around 30- and 40-pound kids all over the place Uh, at uh, different events I have carried my kids are 12 9 and 5 I have carried all of them 
as has my wife at times, but in particular me, when we have a lot of walking around. You ever been to Disney World with uh, your kids? You know exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah. You take your kids to an amusement park and you carry those guys around and people say, well, they got strollers. Sometimes they don't want to be in the stroller, trust me. Or you've ever had to go down to the beach and you're a dad and you got a cooler and you got like five chairs and you got a couple of kids that you're trying to carry. That is what we call dad strength. Deontay Wilder has kids, all right? At some point in time, you get old man strong. And I don't mean when I say old man strong or country strong, I don't mean you're strong because you've been in the gym doing a bunch of deadlifts or you've been doing a bunch of uh, curls or you've been sitting around with free weights doing all sorts of lifting. I mean, you got a kid and you got to carry him. It's like the dad CrossFit games for four hours in a day and you will feel that the next day. You will feel the, uh, the, the, the intensity of just carrying around a 30 or 40 pound kid and how much it does to you, even if you got him on your hip or you put him up on your shoulders and let him ride on top of your head. I've done all this for 12 years. So I don't have a lot of sympathy. And I bet there's a lot of moms out there like, yeah, dude, you are six foot seven, 230 pounds. You are fighting uh, a boxing match. If you are so poorly trained, that you can't be able to wear this apparatus, this mask, into the ring, then you need to not be dumb enough to do it, first of all, right? Okay, if that's truly the case, then don't wear your stupid mask into the boxing ring as a way uh, to try to make it draw attention to yourself at all. I mean, Tyson Fury drew a lot of attention to himself. You know what he did? He had other people carry him down to the ring and wasted zero effort or energy at all you got dominated because Tyson Fury is a lot better boxer than you the reason why your legs felt wobbly was because your ear got busted up and you didn't have great equilibrium after that it had nothing to do in my mind with the mask I think this makes Tyson Fury look incredibly bad to even trot out an excuse like this to me this is when his crew needs to be like hey uh, Tyson what are you going to say about the fight well I'm going to say that he won, but one reason he won was because my mask was too heavy and it was too hard to walk down to the ring. This is where his crew, somebody's got to be like, no, 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 let's just leave that out. Just say you got beat, you weren't as prepared as you should have been, you didn't have a good night of boxing, you plan to change that in the rematch, which you're going to exercise. Using this as an excuse is a bad look for him. What do you guys think? Is this just, I mean, where does this rank on bad excuses? Can you think of any worse excuses in the world of sports? I'll start with you, Danny G. It's way up there. I I guess we were kind of expecting it because of the clause in his contract. It was almost like, let the excuses begin because he's definitely going to opt in for a third fight. But I'm not more likely to buy the fight because his excuse is my mask was too heavy oh, beforehand. Oh, for sure. But I think he was just trying to explain why he thinks he deserves another fight. And this excuse started with his trainer. I forwarded the story to you yesterday morning, remember? I saw this first pop up on Sunday. His trainer made this excuse, and I feel like he took his trainer's excuse as his own and ran with it yesterday. Yeah, I mean, it's it's totally Weak ridiculous. Sauce. Dub, what do you think? I mean, can you think of a worse excuse from, uh, from pro athletes? in this 
Well, I do remember Richard Gasquet, who's a French uh, tennis player, a while back. He tested positive for cocaine, and he blamed it on on making out with a Miami stripper. He said he he got the cocaine from you the stripper. I might buy that one. That's, that, that's an all time spin zone. There, it wasn't me. It was the Miami stripper that I made out with in the in the champagne room. You know what? Maybe so. Okay, that's a, that's an excuse. I mean, that's not bad. Yeah, but as far as Wilder, I mean, he was like blaming it on the batteries. And I mean, how many batteries are in this thing? There couldn't be more than, you know, eight AA batteries in there. I mean, it was just totally ridiculous. This is, I mean, it's hilarious, first of all, that he's blaming on this. But, but yeah, I mean, how do you not know that you're, does he not try on the suit before? Was that the first time he wore it? You know, a 45 pound suit? I mean, I figured he would try it on to make sure it looks good and fits. So this yeah, is I just don't, ridiculous. I think you're exactly right. I mean, I don't even go, I mean, think about yourself. How many times have you put on something for the first time when you're about to go out in public? If you're getting married, you don't try on your uh, tuxedo 10 minutes before you get married. This is like uh, Petros Papadakis, who we've got on coming in on hour three. He was like uh, the worst uh, uh, travel experience of his life from a uh, clothes perspective. They accidentally sent one of my suits to, for him before a game. And uh, and he was like getting dressed before the game and he tries to put on my suit and it doesn't fit him at all. And so he has to just, you know, like on the fly, come up with an outfit to go call one of the games. But for the most part, like if you're going to go to a big event, you don't put on the outfit that you're going to wear for the big event the first time 10 minutes before you have to leave. And if you do, it's on you if you blow it. Eddie, is this one of the worst excuses you've ever heard? It's it's pretty bad. I mean, normally I would, you know, just generally speaking, like to root for the American over the Brit. Right. But Tyson Fury is very likable, and this only adds to me not wanting to root for Wilder even more. Now he's made it, making it worse uh, to try and, you know, I think get fans uh, on his side for this. But you know, I mean, there's a lot of terrible excuses as far as failed drug tests. I remember Sean Merriman had something like a it was a tainted conveyor belt or something weird like that so there are a lot of pretty bad ones out there but this is lame what is interesting too i think you're right most people root for the american i do think if you're british people don't think of you as being as foreign same thing if you're australian uh because you speak english and you speak english well and i think that's one reason why we tend to connect with uh with native born athletes better because we can understand them. They can speak our language. There are so many different athletes who don't speak our language that it's a barrier to becoming a big-time star. For instance, I've said this before, I think if Giannis and Luka, who are two of the most bright, shining lights of the NBA, if Luka Doncic was uh, from, I don't know, Iowa, and his name was Luke, I think he would be far more popular than, he's still going to be popular, but I think he'd be far more popular than he is right now as a guy from Europe. And I think the same thing about Giannis, who obviously has come to America via Greece. If Giannis had been born in the United States and he had the exact same talent uh, and he'd gone to college for a year here uh, before he ended up being in the NBA, I think he would be wildly more popular. I do think that the benefit of a Tyson Fury or an Anthony Joshua uh, or anybody who comes out of Australia like Ben Simmons, I think if they speak English, it makes us connect with them a little bit more. 
But I think that's one of the places you could got a big value if you were a gambler because all that money came in on Wilder because he's an American. I do think that factored in with him being favored. Be sure to catch live editions of Outkick, the coverage with Clay Travis weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific. and gentlemen. I'm just glad I was there. Boys and girls. I thought he thought I was like this ginormous piece of chicken. Dying times here. I have a bullet constrictor stuck to my face. And you have a what? This is Animal Thunderdome. Fire away. All right, Clay, let's start in Pennsylvania. We have a kid in the Thunderdome. Oh, no. Now, this kid is not oh, dead. No. He's going to be teased so much on the bus and at school, though, he might wish he was dead. Airy News Now has the story. Listen. Certainly has not been a typical Northwest Pennsylvania winter this season. Some folks are loving it, but for others, it kind of stinks. Yeah, our Leanna Schwer joining us live outside this morning with a unique story that you'll only see here on Erie News Now about how skunk mating season left one local kid too stinky for school. Karen Franz works third shift, then comes home and does chores on her and her husband's Linesville farm. Last week, she got a surprisingly funny interruption to her daily routine. Got a call from the principal. He's like, uh, Mrs. Franz, uh, we need you to come pick up your son, Dylan. He, uh, he got sprayed by a skunk. I was like, what? Dylan had seen a skunk near their porch and kicked pebbles at it to make it go away, but got sprayed and instead of going inside to change, he and his sister went to school. They got on the bus and I guess the smell was so bad that actually one of the kids threw up on the bus. Karen and her husband had no idea until she picked them up. When I got there, all the front doors were wide open. For good reason. Dylan's clothes were outside in bags and even Karen said the smell was so strong she couldn't salvage them. So I finally just you know, put him in the wood burner. <laughs> I was like, there's no, there's no saving him. And Dylan learned a valuable lesson not to mess with wildlife, even if you're not touching it. We had a little talk about how to leave, you know, leave wildlife alone and not to bother skunks. You know, what's crazy is my dad, who I think I said is 75 years old, had this happen to him back in the day at a school bus. Like he's told that story to my kids, uh, you know, his grandsons, and he went to school. He wow. was at the school bus stop, and there were a bunch of them there, and like there was a skunk around, and they were messing with the skunk, and the skunk sprayed, and it got mostly on him, but it was such a bad smell, but he said nobody knew exactly where it was coming from, maybe because other kids got caught in the shrapnel of the skunk spray, <laughs> and so he went to school. Now, this would have been in the 1950s, probably, so maybe the kids were tougher. I don't remember kids throwing up on the school bus or anything. Uh, but uh, I need to get him to tell that story. That's a good Animal Thunderdome story. It's wild. It's the same thing basically happened to this kid in Pennsylvania. That is nuts. Yeah, and his mom threw his clothes in the wood burner and burned them. Good deal because, I mean, it wouldn't really be much of a, a play to put it in the garbage. I mean, you don't want to – the poor garbage man doesn't want to have to deal with that and the, the, the scent continuing to be everywhere. All right, let's go from Pennsylvania to California. Did you hear about all the bees in Pasadena last Thursday? I didn't. A group of firefighters and police were responding to a single bee sting last Thursday afternoon by a swarm of nearly 40,000 Africanized bees. Oh, no. 
three of the first responders had to be rushed to the hospital while the others quickly shut down the block that this happened on. This guy with the police department says, I've been with the fire department and a police department for 18 years now. We've responded to several B incidents, but nothing to this magnitude. This is by your house, right? Yeah, this is a city. Animal Thunderdome in your backyard. Yeah, this is a city over from where I live. The bees stung seven people in total. But no one got it worse than the first firefighter who arrived. He was stung 17 times. Oh, it's good yeah. he's not allergic. Now, you said African bees. Is this like the, the, the danger bee that came up that got like a – remember this? Yes. So it, it's reached L.A.? It has African reached bees. L.A. Yeah, they say these African bees They're are super bo- aggressive. Yeah, and, and, and they've spread, right? Like, yes. I don't know how they got here. But they solely spread across the country. I didn't know that they had officially reached uh, reached L.A., but, man, that's scary. And the reason they rushed to the scene was because people have crazy allergic reactions. Yeah, no kidding. That can be serious or fatal. Now, the firefighters and a professional beekeeper climbed a ladder to remove the hive, which was on a roof of a four-story Hampton Inn. <laughs> they sprayed the bees with CO2 and foam extinguishers. Most of the bees were killed. Others left the area when the sun went down, they say. The beekeeper safely removed the hive so that the bees could not return home. Well, you know what? It's really impressive that the firefighters were able to perform because <laughs> Deontay Wilder, I mean, yeah. they got 40 pounds of gear on. Imagine. How did they wear I mean, that? How, how did they manage to do that? They, Their they legs. They took care of the bees. Their legs must have been brutal to be wearing all that gear and be fighting bees. All right, and quickly, New Zealand, 60-year-old surfer was attacked last Saturday by a great white shark. Oof. At uh, Pawanui Beach. That's a rough way to go. Nick Minigu, he he survived. He's from Auckland. He says that he remembered seeing a story about how sharks don't like to be punched in the nose or eye. So that's exactly what he did. He says he shouted to the shark, F off. I punched it in the eye and missed. He says, then I told it to F off again, and I got it right smack bang in the eye. So what's his injury situation? He Okay, he had a wetsuit on, which saved him because he did get bit, but only one puncture mark. He had, what? yeah, the wetsuit. Uh, there's several bites on the wetsuit, but only one puncture. Is this wetsuit made of armor? That's what I, that's what I was. Chainmail? That's what I was wondering. Don't they have that wetsuit that you can swim in that, like, is protects you from being bitten by sharks? It doesn't say anything about that in the story. But didn't but they have that like a chainmail uh, outfit? Maybe not. I mean, it's not like a you know like a, a, a night back in the day. But I feel like there was a designed wetsuit where a shark could bite you and it wouldn't necessarily penetrate. Yeah, Minigu says he thanks his wetsuit, his full length wetsuit, for saving his life. And he had a good aim there, punching it in the face. Yeah, sixty kind of seems old for a surfer, doesn't it? Yeah. Are there a lot of old dude surfers? I don't know the answer. Yeah, some. Well, here on the West Coast, some guys retire in Malibu and surf the rest of their life. Really? Yeah. Go play golf. No sharks there. That's be my play anyway. Uh, I might retire in a couple years. This is Outkick the coverage with Clay Travis.
Hey, it's Jonas Knox. And you know O'Reilly Auto Parts. You know, o o o o who are in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offer friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield wipers replaced a brake light fix or a quick service they'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice you'll find the employees at o'reilly auto parts are knowledgeable helpful and best of all friendly and by the way i was just at o'reilly not that long ago within the last month and guess what needed some help with the alternator had some questions with the batteries they helped me right away and did it right there in the parking lot the professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts are your one-stop shop for all things auto, do-it-yourself, and you can find what you need in-store or online. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit them at O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. All right, game off. We got to pause here to talk more about Monopoly Go. I know what you're saying. Flag on the play. You already talked about that, but there's just so much good stuff in this game. In Monopoly Go, you can team up with friends for time tournaments where you work together to build up each other's boards. The more you win together, the more awesome prizes you unlock. And there's so much to get. Unique stickers you can trade with friends to complete albums for big prizes. Cool new playing pieces to travel the boards with. Hilarious emojis for taunting friends when you you smash their buildings or heist their vaults. Plus, Monopoly Go feels new and exciting every day with constantly changing tournaments and challenges. A ton include their new unique mini games like Digging for Treasure or a robot pachinko machine. And there's always new timed events that help you win big like massive multipliers for everything you win or rent frenzies. There's always something fun to discover in Monopoly Go, so get off the bench and go download it now free on Google Play or the App Store. Game on! What's the secret to catching prize-worthy fish in exotic waters? Learning to fish like a local with Fishing Booker. Hey, Jonas Knox here with Fishing Booker. There's only one way to turn a fishing trip of no bites into the best catch of the day, and that's with the valuable knowledge of a local guide. With FishingBooker.com, you have the world's largest booking platform of local fishing guides right at your fingertips. Use Fishing Booker's easy-to-use online booking system and discover thousands of local fishing charters from around the world ready to share their tricks of the trade. Create your perfect fishing experience and search for charters by location, species, salt versus freshwater, and more. Plus, it's smooth sailing with Fishing Booker's simple online payment method. You'll always fish with confidence when you start fishing like a local. Start your angling adventure now with Fishing Booker. Visit FishingBooker.com and book your trip today. Fishing Booker. Fishing trips made easy. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. You've put it off long enough. It's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort. Performance tires for sporty handling. All-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of general tires. Shipped fast and free to a recommended install 
installer near you or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation. They'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site. It doesn't get much easier than that. Go to TireRack.com sports to see their general tires test results, tire ratings, and consumer reviews. And be sure to check out all the current special offers. Great tires and a great deal. What more could you ask for? That's TireRack.com sports. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Taylor Swift bringing us back for Petros Papadakis at the old P uh, here in the Geico Outkick Studios. Did you see I just tagged you in Twitter in no, our I did poll not for see. the day? It's five in the morning. Yeah, all right. Well, I thought maybe you had notifications on your phone. I'm sorry for thinking you might be a part of the technological future. Well, uh, I have Twitter. Hold on. I'll look. Have, well, I don't, you don't need to. Have you watched the latest episode of The Bachelor yet? Yeah, I'm ready. All right. So if you were Bachelor Pete, this is the question that's out there for everybody. Uh, There are three girls remaining. I watch this show. I love it. Uh, Madison, Victoria F., and Hannah Ann are the girls that remain on the show for Bachelor Pete. Which one would you pick? The smoke show from Knoxville. You like uh, Hannah Ann. She's a smoke show. I think she's – see, I would go Madison. She'll bite your head off. She's got teeth like a horse. Oh, I like her teeth. I think her teeth are fantastic. She's down on the plains. Yeah. Oh, man. Her dad is an assistant basketball coach for Auburn. I know all of it. Bruce Pearl was on the show. Charles Barkley was on the show. I'm telling for people out there who haven't watched that are going to be blowing up my Twitter feed saying, why are you talking about this? I'm tying it into sports perfectly, and you're not even letting me do it. All right, go ahead. Her dad's a basketball coach. He's assistant on Auburn. <laughs> and Bruce Pearl was on the show and uh, and Charles Barkley. Let me say this, by the way. I bet you Her get blown up. Her dad also has some of the most prodigious Bama bangs on <laughs> He's a grown got man I've ever seen in my spectacular life. Spectacular Bama Somebody tweeted me and said, her dad looks like he could be either 15 or 50 years old, and I can't <laughs> not see it now when I look at him. I'm like, you know what? I can see him being 15, and I can see him being 50. It's like one of those, you know, how they meld uh, the faces and make you look older or younger. He can be both. And let me say this. I bet you get blown up about this stuff, too. People are mad at me because I said the Charlotte Bobcats. Evidently, they've changed their name back to the Hornets. If you're, Let me just say this for you right now. If your team changes a city or they change their mascot – it's not my fault for getting it wrong when they suck, all right? Nobody cares about the Charlotte NBA team. They've stunk forever. Uh, they haven't been relevant since they had Alonzo Mourning and Grandmama Larry Johnson back in the day. If you're sitting around and you're a Charlotte basketball fan and you're like, oh my God, Clay Travis just called the Hornets the Bobcats, you need to get an F in life, all right? Your team sucks. It's not my fault they can't even keep their mascot straight. Well, if you need me to be the pole while you're the stripper, that's fine. I, I, I am not opposed to your fury. Did you remember those. the different? Way, I don't even know when they changed their name. Did you know that they were the Hornets and not the Bobcats? Yes, I'm aware of that. Uh, but people still call the New Orleans Hornets probably every once in a while instead of getting well. Pelicans. I mess up all the time. The Chargers, I still say San Diego. It's not my fault they decided to go to L.A. where they have no fans. And I still say, I don't say it as much because the Rams actually became good. And so I'm kind of aware that they're not in St. Louis anymore. Uh, But if your team stinks and they change cities or they change mascots, it's not on the rest of us to continue to get that right. It's on you for stinking. Actually matter and be relevant for a change. And maybe I'll remember your team's mascot. 
Wow, those people must have really hurt your feelings. No, they I don't mean, hurt my feelings. I'm just going to tee off on them. You take these things in stride usually a little bit better. But, you know, people want to jump on you and get mad about things, Clay, because you are inflammatory. So if you get something wrong, they're they're going to get riled up about you know what? even even something that stupid. Clay. You know why I got it wrong? Because I've been sitting here wearing a 45-pound mask the whole show, and it's, okay. it's weighing on me right now, and it's impacting my ability to do the show. You know who never complained about wearing a 45-pound mask? Darth Vader. Darth Vader, I mean, walking around fighting uh, Yoda and uh, and his son Luke and uh, and all those other people that he killed. Imagine how much more difficult it was for Darth Vader in the mask than it would have been if he well, was just out of the mask. Let's be fair. I mean, first of all, all right. So we're done talking about the Bachelor. No, I'm going to circle back around to the Bachelor, but I all got right. distracted. Let, I think uh, I you know, know, it's let me help you with the Vader out. thing because you have no idea what you're talking about. Which uh, which part? Well, Darth Vader is more machine than man. Right. He needs the mask well, to live. That's I fair. Mean, the suit keeps him alive. Otherwise, he wouldn't be able but to But imagine how much better he would be if he didn't have to wear the suit. Anakin, more skilled fighter, I think, than Darth Vader. Well, I don't know. Spo- spo- Anakin oh, hold on. couldn't choke Spoiler a guy alert. different... Spoiler alert, Anakin becomes Darth Vader. I'm sorry for everybody uh, out there. Spoiler alert, I should have thrown that out there. Yeah, Anakin can't choke a guy from a different uh, ship. Yeah, you know, Darth Vader can. You no, know, he can impressive. choke you from far away. You know, he's honed his skills. He's like, Nick I just Saban. don't think the Vader analogy doesn't really work with Wilder because Wilder's body under the mask is functional. Now, if you wear too much crap onto the stage and then blame that for why you lost the fight. I mean, God bless him. He's a great fighter, but that's one of the weakest excuses I've ever heard in my life. And I never heard it from Prince Nassim Hamed, who used to come on stage you know, uh, with so much jewelry and on a giant flying carpet. Remember that? <laughs> oh, yeah. He was like Aladdin. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, uh, it, it happened to Apollo Creed. He had the big stupid hat that he got killed in the ring. Hey, but by the way, by the way, don't, doesn't somebody in Deontay Wilder's camp have to say, hey, champ, don't blame the mask that you chose to wear for the reason why you got your ass kicked. And by the way, I got blown up as well because I pointed it out. You know, like everybody who's fighting overseas in the Middle East where it's like 180 degrees every day, they carry around like 50 pounds of extra weight on their bodies. We just did a fun uh, uh, Animal Thunderdome story about uh, Pasadena firemen having to uh, respond to all the bees there. The firemen all carry like 40 or 50 pounds of extra weight there's not a lot of people who are going to be sympathetic to a six foot seven, two hundred and thirty pound guy who makes the decision to voluntarily wear a mask and outfit that weighs forty pounds and is saying that that's the reason he lost. And by the way, you got two young kids. I know you're a part of the old man dad strength Olympics now. How often do you have to carry those kids around, one in each arm, put one on your shoulders? By the end of the day, if you walk around Disneyland or Disney World or some amusement park or just walk around anywhere with those kids at the mall or anywhere else, the next day you can wake up and be sore. That's part of dad life. Well, yeah, but I'm not fighting Tyson Fury. You know what? I bet I could have been not much different in my performance, carried my kid all the way down to the ring who weighs around 40 pounds, carried him for 15 minutes, and I'd still get my ass kicked the same way that I would have if I hadn't carried him into the ring. 
It's a fair point, and it's a ridiculous excuse to make after you lose a fight. Somebody has to tell him you can't make that excuse, right? Like, just say, I got whipped, I got to be better, boom, move on. You know, I think that uh, when you are a pro boxer and you take the heavy-handed punches from another pro boxer for years, you're prone to have things fly out of your mouth that are a little less than... uh, Your brain doesn't work as well as it did before you got punched in the head logical i mean if you've ever been hit by anybody you know then you get hit by a pro boxer like even like a 110 pound guy has like heavy hands like the freaking thing and it's 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 not it must must not be pleasant on your 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 thought processes that being said i feel bad for wilder that he made that excuse because it is pathetic um all right let's circle back around to the bachelor I don't like her. I don't, you know, you can't make that when the whole end of the show's about sex. You can't throw that ultimatum down. I, on a well, guy. look, here's my thing, and I tried to lay this out for my wife too. Uh, I am perfectly fine with you going the Tebow route and deciding that you don't want to have sex before you get married. That's your right, just like it's your right to decide you want to have as much sex as you possibly can before you get married because you won't have any after you get married. But that's neither here nor there, all right? So oh, it's there when you're there. <laughs> so, so my thing with her is she should have told him her ultimatum before he selected the final three to take them to Australia. Because then he would have understood, okay, if I'm going to take this girl, then she is going to say, you can't sleep with anybody uh, on the show. And it's like, and I was telling my wife this, we're watching it together last night as well, and I'm saying, it's like she doesn't understand that that's how the show works. It's, it's not, not a her. normal situation. Clay, it's not her. And The Bachelor is predicated on people that don't understand how the show works. It's amazing to me that there are that many people 20 years in who don't understand the basic structure of the show. It happens every time on the show where people freak out that he's making out with other chicks or, yeah, or, right. she, or she's making out with other dudes or yeah. that she may or may not have had sex with other guys. You know, it's like they don't understand the show, but it's not that. It's the producers. Production. This one uh, has been the most, I mean, obviously they're completely manipulated, but this one has been one of the most manipulated seasons ever, just to generate interest, because this guy is an idiot, and the, <laughs> the women aren't that much more interesting, other than that smoke show from Knoxville. So they've done all kinds of things to make the show weird. You know, they set up his girlfriend ex-girlfriend, some chick with her face blurred. But yeah, her that was weird. Marissa. In Virginia Beach, yeah. Okay, yeah, that was last week. They set up the ex, uh, the one-night stand for the country guy uh, with Victoria F. earlier in the season. They set up the two girls that knew each other before they came on the show. Uh, they set up now they've set up the girls living together while they're all having sex with him in the fantasy suites, which has never been uh, protocol. You know, they're really milking it. And, you know, I mean, and, and what happens is you get some producer assigned to Madison and they say, okay, this is the week. This is the week you tell them about your chastity belt. I think that, that, what do you think is going to happen? Which one do you think he's going to pick? Well, he's, he's not going to pick, he's going to, He's going to want to pick Hannah, and then uh, they're going to tell him that Madison wants him back, and then he's going to go talk to his parents, and then they're going to be like, you run and go get her, and then he's going to be like, oh, Jesus. Uh, And so you think Madison's the ultimate pick. See, I'm curious if Madison has made a big power play here where now she gets to be the bachelorette. 
nobody wants a virgin bachelorette. I disagree. I think it's a good spin. Oh, we already did a Jesus uh, season a few years back. <laughs> I don't remember the Jesus season. I love but, Jesus as much as the next guy. I really do. I think I, Madison is the best pick. Well, don't you remember the whole uh, other Hannah where, you know, I've had sex and Jesus still loves me. You know, that girl with the big, uh, the giant frying pan face. Yes. Yeah, her her whole Jesus thing with Luke, and they were all praying and holding on to each other. We did that. We did that, like, last season. I've always said that the way The Bachelor could have been incredible was if they had put Tebow on. I know they got Jesse Palmer, and I know they got Jordan Rogers, and both of them ended up calling games for ESPN. But, Ugh. man... I think that would have been an incredible. Tebow as the Bachelor would have been incredible. Must watch television. Here's here's the there's a baseline for the Bachelor. You know, it's almost like a baseline for an exotic dancer or stripper. Yeah. You know, male or female. It's like you. I mean, most people are not such douchebags that they want to make out on camera. Right. You know, even if you're a guy and you Especially, like the idea. Especially, by the way, when you get to be like 28 or 30 years old, right? I understand if like, make, if you're 16, like, okay, making out is the biggest thing that's ever happened to you in your life. And so it's a big deal. But like the whole, ma- I agree with you, actually, the whole making out on dates as much as is going on. I don't know anybody who's like over the age, like once you leave college, if you're making out on a date, it's like, who the hell is this? Like, I mean, I'm trying to just eat dinner here. Well, yeah, and think about that with a camera and a camera assist and then two other cameras right. and a camera assist and a sound guy yes. and the producers and the giant craft service table around the corner where, you know, some, you know, 300-pound grip is eating cheeses <laughs> and farting, you know, and you're tongue-kissing, you know, a stranger, uh, who would do that? For, like, you know, an I mean, hour. It's a lot of kissing. and Yeah. You know, Jesse Palmer would do it. If you've met Jesse Palmer, you're like, okay, yeah. I mean, what a, what a douche. You know, and, and, and I'm, you know, I'm sure the same goes for Jordan Rogers. But uh, – By the way, Jordan Rogers is an awesome dude. I don't begrudge oh, anybody bet. who gets he's, – he's funny. I like him. He's a good yes, dude. But – Of course. I don't begrudge – yeah, so I'm kind of a douche too. So, I mean, some of these guys – But like, you I'm, wouldn't – even you wouldn't do that. Like, Tebow wouldn't do that. Yeah. You wouldn't do that. Like, you have to be a real idiot to want to expose yourself. That's how thirsty these people are. And that's why they deserve the manipulation from the producers. That's why they deserve to be punked by production. My favorite thing on the show is when they take the footage and they act like they're hiding. Like, they'll be behind a bush and you can just see, like, two or three artful leaves. And it's like, oh, they don't know we're here. And then if you've ever done television, I mean, there's so much boom lighting and miking and everything else that goes into this that there's no way they would ever uh, have created, you know, like even for simple things like the television show that I do or the television shows that you've done or we've done together. Like there's so much work involved in television that I can't help but look behind the curtain. And that's why that one show, what was it on Lifetime or whatever? that was about the bat behind the scenes of The Bachelor that did pretty yeah, well. Uh, unreal. Unreal, yeah, that did really well. Like, my wife watched that and liked it. But I think for people who haven't done television, they don't necessarily look behind the curtain. Well, I mean, reality TV with all uh, – call it a game, and reality TV, with all due respect, are, are very different too. You know, I mean, you don't know what's going to happen. 
and I remember working on a reality show many years ago. Uh, oh, your pros, pros versus, versus Joe show. Yeah, and 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 all the people on that show were people from The Bachelor, uh, people from The Amazing Race, people from, and it was amazing to hear them talk about, you know, and this was. Uh, 12, 14 years ago, I mean, back when uh, you would you would even think or say these things were in their infancy, even though they weren't. And I just remember, like, when somebody would start crying, Clay, these guys, they the way they knew how to just get footage and collect it, I mean, it's not like these shows are artful, but gathering the footage and editing all that crap, you know, is, is, you know, it's not easy to build these shows, but my God, are they mind-numbing and terrible. Uh, all right, it's an interesting transition pivot point here from The Bachelor to what did you think of the Kobe Memorial? There's no easy way to go from The Bachelor and an analyzing it to uh, the Kobe Memorial, so I just did it. So what did you no, think? No, I get you. Uh, we've been doing it for, for weeks in Los Angeles. Right. Uh, it, it was, you know, I mean, look, you expect, the Lakers production has always been spot on, like just perfect. I mean, you think about the Los Angeles Forum and the organist playing Benny and the Jets, uh, Dieter Rule, you know, when the guy's uh, dribbling across midcourt. I mean, they just always hit the right mark. So, you know, when it was something like this where so many people were so emotionally invested, and, you know, it was uh, it was also a memorial for a young person, you know, um, in his daughter Gigi, it was it was heart wrenching, but I thought what Vanessa Bryant did, uh, going up there and talking for ten minutes about her husband and then ten minutes about her daughter, and kind of almost doing it for everybody else, you know, in spite of her pain. Yes, uh, because uh, you know the city. I mean, she's not going to get over this. That family's never going to get over this. But the city needs to heal, and people need to heal. And I thought what they did. Uh, was was pretty darn impressive, you know. And I've been critical of of Kobe Bryant as a player and all that, you know. But uh, I mean, you just can't help but uh, I mean, just be torn apart and wish that this whole thing didn't happen. But it was really perfectly uh, executed yesterday uh, for the. I mean, just the purposes of making people feel better or having closure. Uh, uh, it was. It was really well done. And not only well done, obviously Vanessa has by far the most difficult uh, responsibility, but Shaquille O'Neal was great. Michael Jordan was great. Oh, Jordan was unreal. Who knew he had it in him? Yeah. You know, I, I didn't see that coming from Jordan. We I mean, really everybody haven't re- seen, if, I mean, and in all honesty, for people who feel like they've grown up watching Jordan, and I think I'm one of those people, you certainly would be one of those people, people of our generation – Michael Jordan, we saw tremendous emotion from him in the time he won the championship right after his dad died. And uh, and certainly connected to his dad's murder, there was a lot of emotion, which you can well imagine. But otherwise, he's almost been like the marble man. You know, he hasn't been a guy who showed us a lot of emotion. And those two times in his life, I think that spoke to how much Kobe meant to him. Yeah, you know, I mean, it was, and Kobe was a guy that really kind of, put himself out there later in his career and especially at the end of his uh after his career uh which was very different you know than what we were used to you know there still really is only one big mystery man in sports and that's Kawhi Leonard you know nobody knows what that guy's like and uh, you know that's uh, it's interesting because every you know people follow LeBron's every move and they know he eats tacos on Tuesday, and then you know Kawhi on the other end of it is is like the Riddler, 
So it'll be fun to see uh, the season play out here in L.A. Outstanding stuff as always. Petros Papadakis at the Old P. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. 